Hey, welcome to our Public Church podcast. We hope this message blesses you today. For more information on Public Church, please see us on www.public.church. Thank you. Good to see you. Is everyone good? So good. Um, I was super surprised this afternoon when Faith and her husband, Johnny, is, uh, are you guys, where are you? Can I see? Yes. Oh, okay, now, backstory. Um, Faith used to be my youth pastor, like, back in the day, right? And um, I only went to youth a couple of times, um, not because I was a bad kid, by the way. Um, it was like an hour's drive. Um, my parents weren't super pumped that I was going, uh, so it made it a little bit difficult. But Faith was my youth pastor, and uh, her parents, right? Now, check, this is so funny. It's funny how God works. Her parents, right, her mum, Mrs. Hatfield, right, she, was, she worked in the tuck shop at school. Has anybody got a, a mum or an auntie that's worked in the tuck shop at school before? You're like two people like, yeah, that's me. Put your hand down. Embarrassing? No, it was, it's awesome. My mum used to work there too, but, but Faith's mum used to work there, and um, she would always encourage me in my, in my walk with Christ, like all the time. Every time I'd walk in there, I'd be innocently getting a pie, potato pie with some chips on the side, um, you know, carbs. And she would, be in, she would always be encouraging me, and she was filled with the Spirit. So she'd be like, Isaiah, make sure you're praying in tongues. And, and like, I had no other spiritual guidance. Um, and then just when I thought that that was it, um, her dad was the groundskeeper at the school. And so I'd kick the football, it'd go in out of bounds area, and I'd pick it up, and he goes, have you been talking to the Lord lately? Okay, yes, Mr. Hatfield. So they played a real massive role in my life. So I'm just grateful to see you guys. Let's give them a round of applause. Um, um, it's so cool when mums come back into school to serve, you know what I mean, in tuck shop. Like when you're the kid, you're like, no, mum, but it's just awesome. And like, I remember, I'll tell you another story, sorry. There was this one time I rolled in and like I said, Pentecostal filled with the spirit. And um, I, I remember I walked in and, and Mrs. Hatfield said to me, and I, I don't know if she thought that I was teetering on the edge of whether or not I was saved or not, like, because I'd given my life, but I think she was trying to just make sure. And she was like, she was telling me stories of people, you know, getting filled with the Spirit, miracles happening, um, that she herself, was it her herself that had the gold filling? Was it her herself? Now, check, this is crazy. Um, she was in a revival meeting one day, um, and something happened to her filling. Um, her filling turned gold. Unbelievable, right? God just does incredible things. Went and got it checked, verified. Yes, I don't know how. I don't know if you've got grills or not, but you've got, uh, yeah, you do have a gold filling. So she would tell me on my way out of the tuck shop. You know what I mean? Like just those little things like that. And I think we've always got to be sowing seeds of faith into people's lives, hey, because you just never know what's going to happen. And um, here I am, 29 years old, and I wasn't the best attended youth person, but I'm serving the Lord now. And I probably dedicate it to those guys and Mr. and Mrs. Hatfield. Anyway, if you're taking notes, I want you to write at the top of your page, the wrong crown. I want you to write the wrong crown. And um, we have been in a series, actually, this whole April um, called The Crown and the Cross. Have, have many of you enjoyed that, by the way? Three people, that's all I need. Um, it has been an incredible series. We have been talking about the cross. We've been talking a little bit about the crown, but I'm really going to finish on the crown today. Um, but we've been talking about the power of the cross. And the cross really is central to our faith. 
And a lot of the times we can sort of distance or we can sort of navigate here or there. But I've really found it so powerful even in my life, the fact that the cross really is the central point in our faith. Check it out. It's not that the cross is awesome um, in the sense of what it represents, but because Jesus literally defeated death, there is power in that cross. Do you understand what we're talking about? And, And so the cross now isn't just a symbol or it isn't just something that I wear around my neck. There is power in that because Jesus defeated it. And uh, now we are all beneficiaries. I want to read you a little quote, um, and it says this, right? This is C.S. Lewis. The cross, be- the cross comes before the crown, and tomorrow is a Monday morning. Interesting. The cross comes before the crown, and tomorrow is a Monday morning. Have you ever anticipated a Monday before? Two people. I bet you you're really driven, and I bet you you have like a routine checklist, and I bet you you're super successful, but most people don't really like Monday mornings. Uh, can I speak for the majority? Yeah, awesome, thank you. Don't be embarrassed, I'm with you. Um, most people don't anticipate a Monday morning, um, but here, C.S. Lewis says, tomorrow is a Monday morning. Why? Because the cross comes before the crown. In other words, can you believe and can you just imagine for a second that the king of the universe would lay down his crown briefly to die on a cross for us so that we might actually anticipate Monday morning. So we might have a new day. This is awesome. And and, and even though your response isn't where I thought, this is really good news. I was going to tell you, like, this is really good news, okay? Um, If you're taking notes, the scripture that I'm reading from to sort of the preface this whole message is Psalms 103, verses 1 to 4. Um, And it says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction. And I want you to highlight this, write it down, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. What does that mean that God crowns us? Like this idea that God crowns us not just with kindness, but with loving kindness. And that God crowns us not just with mercies, but with tender mercies. Every time in Scripture we see crowns or the idea of a crown, it's always linked to a couple of things. And I want to de- I want to sort of, I guess, destruct all those things in the sense of I want to I want to break it down and I want us to understand how is that apply to me today in 2019 how does what does it actually physically look like that I'm wearing a crown right because I know it's hard to understand but that I'm wearing a crown of loving kindness and tender mercies and and, and the first thing that I want you to write down if you're taking notes is that whenever we see a crown mentioned in scripture it talks about authority it mentions authority all right. Uh, I used to work in a farm, and um, interestingly enough, this farm, I, 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 when I was working in there, I was, it was a banana farm. Now, people who know me are like, why would you work at the place that you hate? Um, I don't know. I was just being obedient to the Lord. <laughs> and I was there, and I worked at a banana farm. I didn't like it. Um, but I'll never forget, there was a lady in there called Mrs. Howe. Now, I'll edit that out just in case you didn't want me to put that in there. But Mrs. Howe, she ran the whole farm. But I only ever saw Mrs. Howe at church, right? Now, she was a grandmother. She was a beautiful lady. She was a praying woman. And um, at church, she had her seat. Do you know what I'm talking about? 
Like she had her seat. No one sat in Mrs. Howe's seat. That was her seat. And she would knit. She would take notes. She'd knit again, take notes. And she was honestly the most beautiful lady. She just had this thing about her, that this presence. She knew the Lord. I don't forget, I knew her in that environment. But when I went to work on the farm, which she owned, that I never realized, she owned the entire farm. I'm talking like hundreds of workers. She owned the farm. And uh, she, she, was an, she was another lady. In fact, I didn't even recognize her when I walked in today. I'll tell you why. Because we had to do this thing called de-handing bananas. Now, for those of you who don't know what that is, don't worry, you're not missing out on anything. Um, de-handing bananas, they're on a stalk. And you would get a knife and you would cut off the hand. I know it sounds disgusting, right? Of the bananas. And then they'd go and get packed, right? You need to use like you need to be really careful about that because the knife was quite sharp, and if you miss if you miss it, you could cut yourself, right? So people are usually quite delicate. Mrs. Howe, now how old is Mrs. Howe, Renee? Ninety-eight. So Mrs. Howe, when she was about early nineties, she was de-handing the bananas like a madman, like a man possessed. She was just going, and I will never forget. I was like, who? is that lady? Like, and I looked because I couldn't recognize her. In church, she had the big smile. You know what I mean? Like, in church, she was loving, full of tender mercies. She had her seat. Uh, but at the farm, she was a savage. She was cutting up the banana heads. And I was like, oh my goodness, like, I need to put this up. Like, I need to record this. No one would believe me. She's early 90s. And she's cutting, 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 cutting. And I'll never forget, <laughs> I'll never forget I had this bus driver, right? And he was a Seventh-day Adventist. And I love Seventh-day Adventists. I love everybody. Um, but this particular Seventh-day just to clarify, this particular Seventh-day Adventist, he was like going nuts at me because I was this new Christian. I was like 17 years old. I was filled with the Spirit. I was, I was speaking in tongues, and he knew. So he would come and attack me every single time I rocked up to work. I literally, I hated going to work because I knew he would bully me. And I was new in my faith. And I don't forget, I was walking and I saw Mrs. Howe. And I was like, hi, Mrs. Howe, I don't know if you remember me. My name's Isaiah. I go to church. Like, we shook hands. And I was sort of scared in case she got, like, the knife out. You know what I mean? Shook her hand. I was like, look, uh, I'm that guy that goes to church. She's like, yes, yes, I know who you are. And then she looked like the lady at church. You know what I mean? Like, back to that really nice smile. And uh, we would walk out, have lunch. And she overheard one day this man mock me about speaking in a heavenly language. Can you believe that? Who would do such a thing? I don't know. Seventh-day Adventists. Love Seventh-day Adventists. He started mocking me for speaking in heavenly language, right? And all of a sudden, I'll kid you not, I promise you, as she was de-hearing, she heard it. How? I don't know. She didn't have a hearing aids. Her hearing was fine. I'll never forget, she said, she, literally, she stopped de-hearing the bananas and she said, hey! And I was like, oh my gosh, Mrs. How? Like, is everything okay? And she's like, I said, come over here. So I came and I listened to her and she's got the knife still and she's de-handing and she's talking at the same time and I'm scared. And she's like, I'm telling you something, Isaiah, this place is full of devils. As she's cutting, the, I was like, yep, <laughs> yep. And she goes, and you need to start casting out the devils. See that man over there? He's full of devils, like that. And she's, she's, cutting, she's cutting the bananas, I'm freaking out. Mrs. Howe was an interesting lady, and she'd pray in tongues all the time under her breath. But it's funny because she went from, like, nice lady, and then she'd, like, look up in a frantic thing, like, really angry, like, on the, looking for devils, you know what I mean? Like, and I'll never forget Mrs. Howe because Mrs. Howe had what, and what was authority. Now, she, she carried herself with authority. Have you ever noticed that people in positions 
of leadership don't necessarily always carry authority. Like there are some people in positions of leadership and they do what the tasks needs to be done and it's awesome, but there are some people who are in positions of leadership who just carry authority and they walk into the room, things are different. There are some people that don't even have a title or are in leadership, but they carry authority. She didn't have a title, she didn't have a position, but I tell you what, you knew that she knew God because she carried authority. When, when the Bible talks about us having a crown of tender, loving mercy, and, uh, uh, sorry, uh, loving kindness and tender mercies, the first thing that we have to understand is that a crown represents authority. And we have to understand very first and foremost that authority comes from God and God alone. You understand? Authority comes from God and God alone. It says this in Matthew 7, 28 to 29. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teachings. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. There is something different when we actually carry the mantle of godly authority. Notice that the people, it says the people were astonished. In other words, when we carry godly authority, we actually stand out. We actually look different to other people. And this is awesome because the type of crown that we're talking about, first and foremost, comes with authority. And I love this. I love that Jesus had authority. It says this also in um, Matthew 28, verses 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And I want you to write this down, that all authority is given, okay? Authority is given, uh, which means if authority is given, Authority is not grasped. You hear me? If authority is given, authority then is not grasped. If authority is given, it doesn't mean you're just at the right place at the right time. Those types of people, like the cynical people who are like, oh, well, the only reason that you've got authority is because you're in the right place at the right time. Well, no, we've understood that all authority is actually given by God. So you're not actually at the right place at the right time. God's actually allowed you to carry that mantle of authority. I love the authority is given. It's not about who you know. It's not about who you know. Because God actually gives, and now this is the difference. Now there are some people who maybe it is about who you know. And maybe it is that you're in the right place at the right time. But I tell you, you'll notice the difference between authority and somebody telling you what to do. There is a godly authority on people who understand that we're wearing the crown, a crown that's full of loving mercies and tender kindness. I I love this, that Jesus actually says that all authority has been given to me. He also says in John 13 verses 3, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God. Jesus carried authority. Hear me. He didn't carry authority because he was the Son of God. The Bible clearly says that God gave him the authority. Do you get what I'm saying? Like he didn't have authority just because he was Jesus. Like that's awesome, but that's just not granted. Oh, you're the son of God, great. No, 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 It, it was given to him. It was given to him. In the same chapter where Jesus is saying, where it says that Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands. Did you know that in the same chapter, where we're talking about the type of authority that Jesus has, is the same chapter that he's washing his disciples' feet. Isn't that interesting? Like the same chapter where we're hearing about all of this authority given to Jesus, he's washing his disciples' feet. Because someone who has true authority, nothing's too low for them. Like nothing's beneath them, by the way. 
Like, do you understand? Like, that is what that is true authority. If you, if you really have true authority, you've got an anointing for leadership, or even you've just got an anointing for life. There is nothing that is too low for you. Uh, there's this great saying, if serving is beneath you, then leading or authority is way beyond you. I love it that Jesus said, the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve. And I love the fact that even in this scripture where we're talking about authority and everything's been given to him, he is literally washing the disciples' feet, which means it's not about necessarily the way that you talk or the way that you walk. I like that Jesus walked as a lamb, but he was known as the great what? Shepherd. Jesus walked as a lamb, but was known as the great shepherd. Isn't that awesome? Like, I, uh, to me, I, I, I love the fact that some of the greatest leaders that you'll ever see or some of the greatest people who are carrying such awesome authority, they're walking with the people. They're not like, hey, 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 you, you, you're slacking off. Get over here. Uh, uh, they're walking with the people. He, was, he walked as a lamb, but he was also known as the great shepherd. He walked with loving kindness and tender mercy. In the same way, David says at the very start, we're crowned with loving kindness and tender mercy. So what's the point of being crowned with loving kindness and tender mercy? What's the point of us even knowing that we are crowned with authority? What, what does that mean? What is that for? And I'm telling you, if you haven't read your Bible for a bit, I'm reading a lot of Scripture today. Like lots. Okay, so write this down. Romans 5, 21, it says, And just as sin reigned through death, so also this sin-conquering grace will reign as king through righteousness, imparting eternal life through Jesus, our Lord and Messiah. If we go back into Romans 5.17, it says this, listen. For if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. What is the point that we are crowned? I want you to write this down. The point that we are crowned is that we will reign in life. I want you to write that down. We will reign in life. Not just reign in the afterlife, we're in heaven, but that we would also reign in life right now. Um, I don't know about you, but I need an abundance of grace at all times. Like at all times. That means when things are going really, really great, I still need an abundance of grace. When things are not so good, I still need an abundance of grace. Do let me tell you what an abundance of grace looks like? An abundance of grace looks like, um, here's, here's one. First got married, trying to work out where we're going to live. Um, I'll never forget, uh, we drove past this little cottage, and Renee was like, I really like that place. And I was like, yes, yeah, so do I. God, we need your grace. Help us. We need your unmerited favor. We need your blessings. Can you help us get this house? And uh, we rang up, and they were like, look, we've already got like six other applicants or seven other applicants that have been here, but come in, meet us, have a conversation, we'll talk. Wooden floors, white walls, beautiful house. Like little cottage, lovely. Like so aesthetic. Don't ever say that. Aesthetic, the word aesthetic, I don't want to see it ever again. Moving on. <laughs> Moving right along. It was so aesthetic. White walls, wooden floors, small, cute. Nice windows, amazing, right? Great photos. <laughs> and um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. And um, 
we called up, we went in, we met the we met the owners, we had a conversation with them. They're like, look, we've had a lot of we've had a lot, a lot of applications, a lot of people like this place. We're like, yes, yeah, sweet. And we didn't like no side deals. We were just believing God that God was gonna open up the door that seemed impossible. And uh, we got a phone call literally like five days later, like we really liked you guys. We actually liked you guys a lot, and we want you to move in like whenever you want. And we were like, can I tell you something? In life, that's what an abundance of grace looks like. The type of grace that you cannot do by yourself, but when we access a heavenly realm and ask God to do something that we can't do, now it turns not into, oh, that was awesome, look what happened. It turns into a testimony. Wow, we overcame the blood of the, we, blood of, blood of lamb, blood, no, sorry. We overcame Satan by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Like this now turns into a testimony. And I'm telling you, we need to start living life thinking like this, that we need an abundance of grace so that we can reign in life. Do you know what I've noticed about reigning in life? Reigning in life leads to questions. Have you ever noticed that? Like people will see the testimony, people will see the works of God, people will see what's happening in your life, and it doesn't make sense. And all of a sudden they start asking questions. How come that worked for you? How did that happen for you? And so the reason why we are crowned is not just so that we have authority, but so that we reign in life so that people around us can be like, there's something different about that person. And we can say, yeah, that's because my foundation is different. I'm built on the rock Christ Jesus. Nothing can fail me here. Do you understand? So we're called to reign in life. When we reign in life, when we do well, reigning leads to questions. Our foundation is secure. We're emotionally secure. We're not dictated by finances. We're generous people. The things that we do don't make sense to the world, which leads to questions. What is it about you? And this is interesting. How do, how do we, how, I say that sounds awesome. Reigning, it sounds great. Um, I don't necessarily feel like I'm reigning in life though. And so the big question is, well then how, how is it that I reign in life? And this is interesting, right? Because this is different. This is another world. This is a whole other world. This is not the world system that we're living in. This is a heavenly realm. We don't actually receive this by doing anything, but by receiving an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. That's how it works. When we receive an abundance of grace, remember what I told you what abundance of grace looks like? When it's like, man, I couldn't have done that by myself, but thank God for God's unmerited favor in my life. When we receive the abundance of grace, right? And listen, and the gift of righteousness, you're like, what does that mean? It just means the gift of right standing with God. That means that we literally reign in life. I mean, how nice is it to know that we have received right standing with God? Anybody relieved that I can boldly enter what? The throne of grace. I'm so relieved that I've, got, I've been given the gift of righteousness so that I have right standing with God. I have right standing with God. That's the point of the cross. That's because of what Jesus did. We now, you and I, we now have access, but we also now have right standing with God. Just remember this scripture, right? And, and, and back into Romans 5, verses 17. For if by one, one man's offense, who was that? It was Adam. Death reigned through the one, much more for those who what? Receive abundance of grace. That's what we need. And of the gift of righteousness, listen, will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. We've been given the crown 
We've been given the crown of loving kindness and of tender mercies. What does that look like? How does that actually outwork in my life? Well, now I have authority. I don't just have authority in my space. I have authority in the heavenly realms. Now I can start praying for my children who aren't with Christ. Now I can start praying and believing for doors to open. Do you get what I'm saying? Like we now have this authority that we didn't have. But not just authority, we now have the ability to reign in life. So that by reigning in life, people will go, man, what is it about you? And you could say, let me tell you about someone I know. Like I need to tell you about my life being flipped upside down by the power and by the presence of God. It's not by doing though. It's actually by receiving. And I want you to write that down, please. Romans 5 to 17 and write it down, write it down, write it down. And for those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. And I, can I just tell you something really quickly? The, the, uh, the best part about this, this house that opened up for my wife and I is um, not only did it just open up and it was like a real blessing, we, we, we got blessed with so much things. Like we, we literally, we went to freedom. We bought like some couches and like you got to understand like when you're married and like you're doing ministry, like you don't go to freedom. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like you don't go to freedom to buy couches. Like you go to Gumtree to buy couches. And like, trust me, I've been on both, I understand. But we were blessed so much, it didn't make any sense. We have to understand that when we reign in life, this type of thing can happen when we receive the abundance of grace. Now, this is not prosperity teaching, I'm just saying it can feel as though you didn't deserve it. It can feel as though, man, where did this come from? God, how did we get this? How did this make sense? How am I relationally, how am I better with my parents? God, how am I feeling like this in my workspace? This is what the, this is what the abundance of grace actually feels like. And then we will reign in life. I want to tell you the biggest confession, and this is like letting you run into my life. I need an abundance of grace every single day. Like every day. I need an abundance. I don't need a little bit. God, I need a lot. I need an abundance of your grace. And it's interesting, though, because sometimes we, 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 we can be in church and we can do the whole church thing and we've been around and, you know, we're in leadership and blah, blah, blah. Like, we read our Bibles and this is awesome. And, you know, oh, yeah, I listen to the newest Hillsong United. It's awesome. And then all of a sudden, our spiritual disciplines can almost sort of cover the fact that we might not need an abundance of grace anymore. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, it just becomes in the routine. Like, I'm just routinely showing up. I'm just routinely here. And you forget, but it's been like six days, and you haven't said, God, I need your grace. It's like, whoa, hang on. Hang on, no, no, no. No, I need an abundance of God's grace every single day, every moment, because I need my life to count for something. I can't do this on my own. Remember the last time I was steering my life, I cried out for a Savior. God, I need you to drive my life. God, I need you to do what I cannot do. And I understand sometimes we can feel like we don't need it. I love this, right? Revelations 5, 9, 9 to 10. Now, I know usually I don't preach like this. I felt like today is very teachy, but I hope that you get something out of this. Um, Revelations 5, verses 9 to 10, it says this. And they sang a new song. Everybody say a new song. Saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and have made us, I want you to write this down, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Listen to that. And have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. 
Remember we talked about why we need to reign on the earth emotionally, our stability, our relationally, being generous, why it leads to questions. But have you ever noticed that kings reign? Have you ever noticed that kings reign? It says this, right? That he's made us kings, hear me, and priests. Kings reign and priests connect people to God. Hear me again. Kings reign and priests connect people to God. He's called us to be kings and queens. Hello? Kings, queens, reigning in life, but also priests connecting people to God. That's what we're called to do. That's why Jesus died on the cross. And that's why he's now given us a crown of tender mercies and of loving kindness so that we can be who he was to the world but cannot right now. He's using people like us to reach people. You understand? Can I get the keys up? David understood he received an abundance of grace. How, how people walk and talk, we, it, it's, it, we, we have to understand, we focus, right? Listen, listen, we focus on like, Maybe, maybe the goal, maybe the end goal is that I'll do really well and I'll, I'll focus on reigning over people, but that's not the goal. The, the, the goal that we have to understand is that we've reigned over sin and death. What, why, why, how did we reign over sin and death? Because the one who didn't deserve it and the one who shouldn't have done it did it so that you and I could be kings and priests. He did it so that you and I could reign in life. And I love that we're not reigning in life for status or for stature. We're kings and priests. Like, there's something different about your life. Why is it that you're secure? You just lost your job. Why are you smiling? Oh, you've, you've been through grief. Can you talk to me about it? Kings and priests, reigning and connecting, reigning and connecting, reigning and connecting. And it's all to bring people closer to God. You don't need a microphone. You don't need a pulpit. You just need a mouth. You just need an environment that might be somewhat hostile. You just need a place that people need to connect again with God. I've said, Scripture says in Psalms that we're crowned with loving kindness and with tender mercies. Whenever we see the word crown in the scriptures, it's talking about authority. Going on another step further, we're crowned to reign in life. There's something about reigning in life that leads people to question, why are you secure? Why are you emotionally okay? But thirdly, I want, to, I want you to write this down because I feel like we can all be subject to this. I want you to write down wrong crown because I feel like sometimes we approach life with the wrong crown. I want you to listen to this. It says in Mark 15, 16 and 20, then the soldiers, and I want you to really hear this. Then the soldiers led him away, who's him, Jesus, into the hall called Praetorium, and they called together the whole garrison. They clothed him with purple. They twisted a crown of thorns. They put it on his head and began to salute him. Hail, King of the Jews. Then they struck him on his head with a reed and spat on him. And bowing the knee, they worshipped him. And when they had mocked him, they took the purple off him, put his own clothes on him, and led him out to crucify him. God crowned us like this. He took the crown off his son, and he put it on us. And he put the crown that was on us on his son. 
This, this is how God crowned us. He took the crown off his son. He put it on us. And he took the crown that was on us and, and he put it on his son. Like, man, if there's not a sense of, God, with all my life, when I get to heaven, you know those elders that are casting their crowns? That's all I'm going to just going to cast my crown like man when I think about my life and I think about and I get a bit emotional when I think about it but I think about all the little things Mrs. and Mr. and Mrs. Hatfield encouraging me in a tuck shop line like you, you, you have to be aware that there is a God that is desperately pursuing you and people so that we can be crowned with loving mercy with tender kindness so that we can reign in life and to connect people to God. He took the crown that was meant for us and he put it onto him. And you know, sometimes we get caught in the cycle and the trap of walking out with the crown that God didn't give us. We walk out with the crown of shame sometimes. We walk out with the crown of bitterness. We walk out with the crown of anxiety. We walk out with the crown of this. We walk out with the crown of guilt. We walk out with the, with the crown of, uh, of insecurity. And, and we have to understand that the greatest exchange that ever took place was He took your crown already. I never have to put that back on again. I never have to put the crown of guilt. I never have to put the crown of shame. It's been done. And so when the accuser comes and when the accuser comes and lies and makes you feel like that's all you're worth, there, that's where we go. There's power in the cross and there's so much power in the crown. I'm not wearing the crown that was life had made for me. I'm wearing the crown of love and kindness and of tender mercies and greatest exchange of all is that. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I want to pray today specifically for people who have got into the habitual habit of walking out with the wrong crown. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, there's so many times in life that I have walked out with the wrong crown. I've walked into life, I've walked into relationships, I've walked into circumstances with the crown that wasn't right, it wasn't for me. And, and you just need to be reminded today about the great exchange that took place when He wore your crown of guilt and shame and regave you a crown of loving kindness and of tender mercy. And I want to pray, if that's you today, just with every head bowed, all eyes closed, I want to pray for you. And I'm really believing that God is going to heal your heart so that you do not have to walk out with this any longer, that we've been reclothed. We're different people now. If that's you, just with every head bow, all eyes closed, could you just quickly raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for? No one's looking at you. This is family. You need to be reminded about the crown. Yes, yes, yes. You need to be reminded about the crown. Yes. Anybody else? Yes, yes, yes. You need to be reminded about the crown. Yes, 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 yes. Come on, can we all stand to our feet just in, this, in the presence of God? If you, if you put your hand up today, I'm going to ask you to do something really bold. I, I'm going to ask you just to put your hand on your heart and just to lift your hand in the air like this. It's almost like a sign of surrender. God, here I am. Lord, this is me. I am the one who feels like the crown that I'm wearing is dictating my life. If that's you, just keep your hand up real high. Don't worry. No one's looking at you. I'm going to pray for you really quickly. Holy Spirit, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus. 
that you're reminding us of the price that you paid. God, I thank you that it was because of the cross, because you defeated death, that, Lord, we can rise again in a newness of life. But, God, I thank you, God, that you didn't just save us, you didn't just redeem us, God, but you gave us a new crown. And God, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus for every single person who has believed the lie of unworth, who has believed the the lie of not being worthy or or being insecure or guilt or, or shame or different things like that that are separating us from God. Right now, Lord, I just thank you for that great exchange reminder that God, you have taken off the crown. Lord, you put it on your son, but God, you gave us a new crown. Lord, you gave us the crown of loving kindness and of tender mercy. And God, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would heal every heart. God, that you would remind us that our hope and our trust is in you. And God, I pray right now, Lord, for that great exchange, Lord, to take place. In the name of Jesus. Come on, we want to sing this song out today.